This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. I'm late, I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Family Secrets is a production of iHeartRadio. It is my honor and pleasure to present this special bonus episode of Family Secrets, the first in a two-part conversation with Dr. Rachel Yehuda, professor of psychiatry and neuroscience and director of the Traumatic Stress Studies Division at the Mount Sinai School of Medicine in New York City. Dr. Yehuda is one of our nation's foremost experts on the intergenerational effects of trauma. This is one of my favorite conversations ever. Could you begin by telling me how you ended up studying trauma and its effects at the beginning? Yes, it was a little bit of an accident. Um, I was a graduate student in the late 1980s, and I was studying the effects of stress on brain development. I was doing so in laboratory rats. I was a student of neuroscience. And I found the idea that stress can affect brain development really very fascinating, but I did not find rats very fascinating. And I really the whole time I was in graduate school, wondered if there would be any way that I could possibly pivot towards working with people. And I ended up meeting somebody in my graduate school who was very interested in studying psychosis proneness, um, which is really the idea of being able to look to see if college students are at risk for the later development of uh, mental illness. 
And he had developed a screening tool, but this was the emerging era of biological psychiatry. And so we met casually one time, and I, I was a student of neuroscience. He said, I wonder if there is a test that could be used to biologically validate my um, questionnaire. And I looked in the literature and I found that indeed people were starting to talk about um, risk for developing psychosis in terms of a biologic alteration in, a, in an enzyme called monoamine oxidase. And so I thought to myself, I wonder if this could be measured and learned that it can be measured in platelets. So it was so organic. I, I said to him, you know what? I bet I could figure out how to measure this enzyme in platelets. And my advisor wasn't that happy about this whole <laughs> new development, but I promised him I would finish my dissertation in the rats. Um, and this was such a challenge for me to figure this out, but I did figure it out. And we did find um, that the enzyme levels were associated with his test. And after that, I just really wanted to do clinical work and it wasn't necessarily important for me to do it in trauma, but what happened was this professor's name was Dr. William Adele, moved to Yale and um, asked me to come with him. And I ended up doing a postdoctoral fellowship at Yale Medical School, um, starting looking for people that knew about this enzyme, monoamine oxidase, and ending up at the VA, um, at the West Haven VA, where um, Somebody had actually done work with this enzyme, but had now moved towards studying post-traumatic stress disorder. And I thought that was magnificent. I hadn't heard of it before, but I'd been studying the effects of stress in rats for so long that I thought, oh, this is perfect. So how long had post-traumatic stress disorder had a name and been, been something that was in maybe not the popular lexicon, but the medical lexicon? Yeah, that's a really good question. It had only been a diagnosis for seven years by the time that I began my postdoc, um, which was 1987. And PTSD was first described in the DSM-3 in 1980. So there was very little known about the disorder. The disorder itself was kind of controversial uh, when it first came out. And in fact, my mentors at Yale that I ended up working with, Drs. Earl Giller and Dr. John Mason, um, had just published what was the first biologic study in PTSD, and they showed very counterintuitive findings. One paper they published showed that adrenaline levels were higher in Vietnam veterans compared to other to veterans with other psychiatric conditions. But another paper that they published showed that levels of the stress hormone cortisol were lower in Vietnam veterans with post-traumatic stress disorder compared to patients with depression and uh, schizophrenia and other conditions. And this lower cortisol level in a stress disorder had everybody really baffled. And when I heard about it, it had just been published, it had me baffled because everybody knew that stress-related conditions were associated with elevated stress hormone levels. And against the backdrop of the fact that people were having a hard time in the field of psychiatry wrapping their heads around post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, this 
was sort of an inconvenient truth in a way, <laughs> because it would have been better had the initial study found high stress hormone levels. Then you could say, see, I told you they still are under stress. But this seemed to be a very challenging initial observation. So the first study that I ever did in the field of PTSD was to try to replicate this observation. And I, I was astonished when I actually found the same thing, low cortisol levels in combat Vietnam veterans with PTSD compared to combat veterans without PTSD. And what did you make of that? I mean, what, what, and over time, what have you made of that? It must be, you know, I'm not a scientist. It, it must be so sort of provocative in a way as a scientist when, you know, the results are, are there and they're irrefutable and yet they're not, they're frustrating because they're complicated or confusing or not, not what was expected or creates, I guess, create new challenges. Yeah. So irrefutable is a big word because, um, no study is irrefutable. What what people like me do when when we do a study is we try very hard to minimize the kind of confounds that might contribute to having false results. Um, and so you always wonder when you do a study, is this really right? Did I minimize all the things that could contribute to something that might give me a distorted readout? And so what most people do is think, I better repeat the study. And since the results really were so counterintuitive, but by this time it was the second finding because I was replicating a finding already, but still the results were so counterintuitive that I thought I had to replicate them. And then I wondered if there had been something special about Vietnam veterans who were at the VA um, that might not be prototypic of other kinds of trauma survivors and for my replication, I chose to study Holocaust survivors um, because I thought, well, you know, Holocaust survivors have also suffered extreme trauma. I grew up in a Jewish community where there were a lot of Holocaust survivors. And to me, they seemed initially like they might be different from Vietnam veterans who were at the VA. Um, but that was a false first impression. But in any event, I thought, look, I'm going to go and find out if cortisol levels are lower in Holocaust survivors and adrenaline levels are higher um, also in Holocaust survivors with and without PTSD. And in kind of putting that study together, um, I learned that, first of all, yes, we were able to replicate the finding of lower cortisol levels and increased levels of adrenaline in Holocaust survivors with PTSD. But the thing that gave me the, the biggest jolt was how many Holocaust survivors had PTSD even 50 years after the Holocaust and how infrequently this had been talked about, how they didn't have a name for it, how they hadn't sought treatment for it, and how many of them were people that I had grown up with and never suspected were suffering. We'll be right back. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position 
warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com I think it would be so helpful um, to listeners, even though it's really so basic for you, to actually define PTSD uh, in regard to its symptoms. Because I know it can take on many different shapes and forms, but it is, it is diagnosable in terms of symptoms as well as in terms of the science of the cortisol levels? It's a, it's a good point. Uh, PTSD, as, as it was defined then, was a condition that occurs following exposure to an extremely traumatic event, generally a life-threatening event. Um, 
And at that time, there were three symptom clusters associated with PTSD. There are now four, but they are um, having intrusive, distressing recollections of the trauma, either because um, you get reminded of what happened or just out of the blue, you know, you're just minding your own business and you have an intrusive recollection of something horrible or the memory comes to you in the form of a nightmare. And one of the things that happens when you do get triggered or you do have a memory is you become very, very distressed. So it's easy enough to ask people about whether they have um, distressing recollections of a trauma that they've been exposed to. And the second category of symptoms have to do with avoidance. That is, that trauma survivors with PTSD try desperately to do whatever they can do to not think about the trauma or not get triggered by the trauma. And this involves not dealing with people that might remind them of what happened or going to places where the trauma occurred. And it could be a real barrier in therapy because if you have an illness or a condition where you one of the symptoms is that you want to avoid thinking about what happened. You're reluctant to talk about what happened, and healing from trauma often involves that. Uh, but you can ask people about their avoidance behavior. And the third um, symptom cluster was hyperarousal. And these are the real physiological symptoms that are probably a function of the higher adrenaline levels. But there's a difficulty sleeping and difficulty concentrating. Um, there's something we call hypervigilance, which is scanning the environment, just sort of sort of being in a new place and feeling like it might be unsafe, looking for the exits, making sure that um, you know where the doors are, um, and having a startle response um, uh, to loud noises. One of the one of the hyperarousal symptoms are also being very irritable and angry. And this is something that many trauma survivors just cannot understand why they're so irritable and why little things make them so angry. But it's part of a physiological complex. And now in the DSM-5, there's a new symptom cluster that is really reflecting changes in mood and changes in cognition, which simply means that you think about the world differently. You just don't see the world the same way as a result of trauma as you used to see it. And for people who've been exposed to trauma early on, this is really confusing because they don't remember there before. They just know that they don't feel safe and that the world is a dangerous place and that you can't trust strangers or they may feel that they are incompetent to deal with what life has to offer them. And the mood disturbances are such that you feel pretty sad most of the time, sometimes anxious, sometimes hopeless. Um, in that sense, um, PTSD can often be confused with depression, or sometimes it just can co-occur with it. Mm. It's so interesting, too, and complex uh, that the person suffering may, and, and I guess that goes to the fourth cluster, may not actually consciously be able to identify what the source of the suffering is, that there's a kind of um, dissociative way of sort of distancing, avoiding. Does that make sense? Completely. And, that, and that, that's what I found in the Holocaust survivors, that they knew they were distressed. They thought it was their lot in life. 
um, they never gave their own symptoms that much consideration because they were, after all, the survivors. And compared to the fact that so many people had died, um, they didn't even feel perhaps entitled to um, complain about the symptoms that they did have. And certainly there wasn't this idea that anyone could do anything for them. Um, as one woman put it to me, what is somebody going to do? Take back the Holocaust? Make it like I didn't go through what I went through? So there, there really was this feeling that they were as marked as the tattoo on their arm, that this is something that they were going to just have to live with. Um, and they didn't think about it as a cluster of symptoms that might be able to be treated or that even the things that they now thought as a result of the trauma might be revisited or contemplated or discussed in therapy so that you could get a different idea about them is actually one of the main purposes of psychotherapy. So to me, it, it was just striking to see what something looks like when you don't deal with it for so long. Now, of course, many Holocaust survivors had primary care doctors, and many primary care doctors saw the anxiety and prescribed things for insomnia and for anxiety. But that's not really the same thing as naming something that happened as a result of a terrible traumatic experience, and maybe even something that um, might not need to exist in its current form if you can work yourself around what has happened and what it means. Yeah. Maybe some of those symptoms will go away. I mean, that that's so much what the you know thematic material of this podcast has been over the course of four seasons, um, because it, you know, we we talk about my you know my guests and I talk about secrets all different kinds of secrets I mean the the tagline is the secrets that are kept from us the secrets we keep from others and the secrets we keep from ourselves and um, I find most poignant and and distressing in a way the secrets we keep from ourselves but there's you know where there like if I were going to draw a Venn diagram like where there is the intersection between secrecy and Silence, um, silence and shame, um, the places where those three sort of states intersect. And, you know, you're, you're talking about um, studying the Holocaust survivors um, in Cleveland where, where you grew up. And, and I remember that that is when you came across my radar for the first time um, was when I was deep, deep, deep into the research and the experience of having discovered a family secret that was so deep and so powerful that I could never have actually consciously imagined it, which was that I was the family secret, that my dad had not been my biological father, and I had never consciously entertained that thought, consciously being, you know, the key word. And, yes. and I had grown up in New Jersey in a neighborhood that was filled with Holocaust survivors. And I felt like I knew the people you were talking about. And for the most part, because I, I, you know, I can't say it to the person, but wouldn't have sought therapy. I mean, it would have been like the last thing that they would have. And they very often didn't speak of it um, or it would leak out sideways or they wouldn't speak of it with their children or their, you know, it was like, you shouldn't know from that. And so they 
carried it, but carrying something without speaking it has such a profound cost, which I think is what I've been learning in a way as a student of all this um, for the last number of years, is what the cost of that is. It doesn't go away because you want it to. It doesn't go away because you want it to, and keeping and, and not using your words to talk about it doesn't mean you're not conveying the narrative in some nonverbal way. And that, I think, is a lot of the information that we do get sometimes from our parents is nonverbal. I mean, we internalize the information even if it isn't spoken in words. Um, so, but that trilogy of silence, shame, secrecy, I think, is something that really unites many trauma survivors because I think you're exactly right about those three aspects of the problem. And also, when you seek treatment, um, you have to feel in some way that you're entitled to it, which many trauma survivors don't. And in fact, many trauma survivors end up in therapy because someone that they live with or someone that they love tells them that they should go to therapy because they're not able to um, tolerate some of the manifestations of trauma um, that either they do or don't recognize as manifestations of trauma. But sometimes trauma survivors go for therapy without even understanding that they're there to process the trauma, um, which is very interesting, but is not at all unusual. No, that doesn't, that doesn't surprise me. I, I, um, but why the sense of undeserving? Um, or, and I'm sure that there are many different reasons for different individuals, but is it because, um, because it's really a sense of minimizing the trauma or kind of erasing the trauma? Or is it the shame or, or sort of shame-based feeling of like, I don't deserve to feel better or I don't deserve to be better? I think a lot of it is shame-based, um, de certainly depending on the trauma. Um, a lot of uh, people that are exposed to sexual violence or sexual trauma, particularly early on, are convinced that they somehow provoked it. And they feel very ashamed um, about that. And even if they don't feel that they provoked it, many people feel very ashamed that they couldn't stop it. Um, and I heard this also from Holocaust survivors, just the, they could really do nothing. And yet there was the shame of being so degraded and so humiliated by the circumstance. So I think that that shame is connected to feeling undeserving in some way. And it's, it's very complicated. Um, co for combat veterans, uh, we talk now a lot about moral injury and people being very ashamed of some of the things that might have happened in combat. So again, combat is a pretty uncontrollable situation, most of it. And um, people are going to often second-guess themselves, even after 9-11. So many people talked about what they could have done, what they didn't do, kind of a lot of recriminations of running down the stairs instead of helping other people down the stairs. Um, anywhere you go in a traumatic situation, there's room to second guess yourself. We, we refer to it in the field as 
the basis of developing negative cognition. So you start to wonder why you didn't do this, that, or the other thing, and then you develop an answer for that. Well, it must be I'm a bad person. It must be I'm incompetent. Right. So it feeds into the same thing. The reality is that when you're under a fight or flight response, you're not really thinking that much. Your body is doing what it is evolutionarily designed to do, which is save those genes so they can be passed. And so you don't go into an entire analysis of what should I be doing at this moment. You just do it at this moment, what your genes are programmed to help you do, which is survive. By any means necessary. We'll be back in a moment with more family secrets. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's leesa.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. 
I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist and authorized seller and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com are certain people's genes programmed more toward one of those evolutionary responses? In other words, I mean, I recently came to be aware that, you know, that, that the freeze response is, is, is part of that. Like it's, it's, yeah. it, and so it's like this trio of, I came to realize it because I'm a freezer. <laughs> I'm not a fighter. I'm not a fleer. I'm a freezer. I go into like just I'm going to be as still as possible and maybe this will pass. Um, I'm just wondering whether that's, is that genetic or is that circumstantial? It's probably got features of both. Um, but sometimes the body makes different decisions based on what's happening. So freeze might be exactly the right response under some circumstances. Don't move or else something bad will happen. Sometimes fleeing is the best and wisest response. And sometimes fighting is, you know, so I think that I actually think that we might have, I think we have the capacity to do all of those things under different circumstances, but that you, make the best choice you can given how you size up a situation at the moment. So I, I, I think that that, I think we all do that when, when a trauma occurs, when you're younger, it's probably the most adaptive thing to just freeze through it um, because you're not going to be able to fight and maybe you're not even going to be able to flee. So just breeze through this and let's see where it goes. Do you think some of that then becomes learned and ingrained so that if when we were younger, we learned that freezing was what was going to get us out of this or, or, or be the best recourse, maybe we become more freezers as adults or, or any, of the, any of the responses? Maybe, maybe we did flee or maybe we did fight. Or is it, as you say, that it, it really does depend on the circumstances? No, 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 that's exactly right. I mean, one of the most important things that happens when you're in a situation of extreme stress is that the body's release of stress hormones, among other things, helps you remember what just happened, presumably for the purpose of allowing you to have a better response next time. So, yes, our responses to trauma very much depend on what has happened to us before that moment. Which is why when you're responding to a trauma in the here and now, you're also responding to a lot of things that have happened in the past. And this is why we start to get a lot of individual differences in the way people respond to events. Because so much of what you're doing in the moment, sure, it's biologically conserved and you're programmed to save yourself. But a lot of the decision-making about how to respond to trauma does have to do not only with what happened in the past, but what the outcomes of those decisions were. That makes so much sense. So let's go back for a moment to Cleveland and the Holocaust 
survivors. And was this the beginning of your exploration of or sort of identification of epigenetics in the intergenerational effects of trauma? Oh, no, 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 no. That didn't happen for a really long time. Oh, interesting. Yeah, no, no, no. I didn't know the word epigenetics when I first started studying Holocaust survivors. It wasn't a word that was used in neuroscience or mental health or psychiatry. And it wasn't even a concept that was available to me, which is what makes the whole story so much more um, interesting because what I was thinking to myself, well, what happened was we we did a study on Holocaust survivors. We were able to replicate the, the hormonal findings, which to me meant this is real and worth pursuing because I got to find out what is it that is resulting in lower cortisol levels in people that have had a trauma so long ago and now have PTSD? Like, what's that about? But the other thing was, you know, there's a whole population here of Holocaust survivors that there's an unmet mental health need. And when I went back to New York and I started my first job as an assistant professor at Mount Sinai in New York, I, I was discussing this with my chairman. I said, I really wish that we could, we could create a clinic for Holocaust survivors. And he said, do it. And so I did it. Um, what I found was that it was, it was the children of Holocaust survivors that began calling. And so I didn't know what to make of that. Um, some of my best friends are children of Holocaust survivors, and they didn't seem that different from me. Um, but again, things are very different when you look deeper than on the surface. Um, but these adult children of Holocaust survivors were really claiming to be casualties of the Holocaust, and certainly casualties of the way they were raised in their homes. So we started um, clinical programming for both Holocaust survivors and offspring, and we continue to do biologic work to try to figure out, you know, what exactly is going on with this very unusual hormonal response, which, by the way, many offspring showed as well, the evidence of the low cortisol levels and um, the high adrenaline levels. And we kept at it until we figured out that at least for adult children of Holocaust survivors, many of the biological and clinical features that we were observing that looked like a traumatic stress response actually occurred when one of the parents had post-traumatic stress disorder and that a few years later even learned that there were kind of different effects if the mother was traumatized or if the father was traumatized. We, we, we started to just go deeper and deeper. Now, epigenetics came along in kind of like maybe 2004, something like that. There was a paper that was published by actually a very good friend and colleague of mine, Dr. Michael Meany. And he was studying, again, laboratory rats, but he was studying... Um, parenting, interestingly enough. He thought, he started out thinking he was going to study maternal um, stress and what happens when you remove a mother rat from the cage where her little babies are, right? And you um, handle the animals, you return the mother back. 
Um, it's a stressful thing for the mother. It's probably a little stressful for the uh, babies. Um, but what the mother starts to do after being removed from the home cage for 15 minutes is she starts licking and grooming her pups. And what Dr. Meany and his um, group noticed was that there was a lot of variation in how much licking and grooming there was. And eventually they realized that the licking and grooming of the pups by the mother was really having a profound effect on the way that offspring, the baby rats as adults, right, um, developed different kinds of stress responses and cognitive responses as adults. And so they came up, up with this wonderful theory of early developmental programming and really understanding that the kind of mothering that you receive may have a profound impact. And they started measuring this with stress hormones, even in, a, in the rats, that as they became adults, which for, fortunately for rats, <laughs> it just takes a few months. Um, but they began to see that they, they were the first really to apply epigenetics to this uh, question. And they began to see that in the hippocampus of these rats that had been exposed to differences in maternal care, they found differences, epigenetic differences, on a stress-related gene. And it just happened to be the gene that is the receptor for cortisol, which is called the glucocorticoid receptor. So when I read this, I was just all over it. And I actually called Michael Meany and said, I think this work might apply to Holocaust offspring. At the time, I thought maybe because the Holocaust offspring were the way they were because of parenting. That's certainly what I thought in the early 2000s, right? And um, so I asked him to help me figure out how to do epigenetic measures. Um, we didn't have brains available to us, but we decided we could measure the same part of the gene in blood. And indeed, we began looking at epigenetic changes. And then what we saw was that there were different, that the direction of change in offspring, in Holocaust offspring, was different depending on whether the mother or the father had PTSD. And so we, we knew that this couldn't just be parenting. We knew that there had to be a bigger story here um, that would explain a different epigenetic finding, right? in um, Holocaust offspring based on parental gender. And that's when we started to really explore epigenetic changes, looking at the contribution of in uterine stress or perhaps thinking about the fact that some of the changes might be um, might have been present preconception and might have been transmitted through sperm or egg. And that's when you know, we began to really connect the epigenetic findings with the concept of epigenetic inheritance. So, yeah, that that was a journey that really took a long time and began. And that began with the fact that those that those offspring of of the of the generation of survivors were the ones who who reached out. Yes, we studied them. We found that sure enough, there was more anxiety and depression and PTSD in those offspring than in Jewish 
very similarly, a demographically similar comparison people. And, um, and then we chased the hormonal findings. And by then, you know, we were just, we just got lucky because by then molecular neuroscience had given us all kinds of tools to be able to look inside the cell and look on the DNA. So we couldn't do this work, even though in the early nineties, when I first encountered this, I, I knew that it wasn't exactly genetics that was explaining this, but I thought it was more than just being raised in the environments that offspring were raised in because there was so much diversity in the homes. Um, you know, some parents talked all about the Holocaust all the time, and some didn't say a word. And so there was, I, I felt there had to be more, and indeed there seems to be more. We'll be back tomorrow with part two of my conversation with Dr. Rachel Yehuda. And please keep in mind that season five of Family Secrets will drop on April 1st with 10 all-new episodes. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.